Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Another garment you don't like. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. And this is what Joseph is going through. He's wearing prison garments from coat of many colors to prison garments. I don't know how prison garment looks like, but it would not be many colors. Most likely it's one color and I'm sure it's brown. It's brown so that when it is dirty, nobody would tell the difference. It's torn 
into pieces, but he's still wearing it. That garment Joseph is wearing at this point in his life represents three things. It represents his cross dreams. The dreams he had as a young man are gone. When he was young, he saw himself high above the stars. He saw the stars worshiping him. When he was young, he saw possibility. He saw greatness. But now life has dealt him a very bad hand. His youthful dreams have transformed into a living nightmare. The coat of many colors replaced with a dirty coat of a dark color. It represents crushed dreams. Many of us are wearing clothes that represent our crushed dreams. Anytime you look at yourself in the mirror, what you see is disappointment. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000. The FA has a leadership crisis. The FA is not seen in a positive light. These are facts out there. The statement of the facts. It's not just about ill-preparedness. The issue is that they are just not right to be there. They are not in that class to fight for world title. People make loads of allegations without evidence. They don't just walk free. Club owners, club officials inclusive. And the analysis of the action on and off the scene. All is not well. And when you've got a star player and a manager not getting on, it, it does cause problems in a team. So it's something that Jose Mourinho needs to work on. Where in the civilized football world do you have this structure? Where do you have it? But you know, the solutions are also right here. Team building is very, very important. Build it from the scratch. Find a scout. Go around. Choose correct players. Collaborate with the coach. Once in a while, if the coach is free, take the coach. Go sit. Watch the player. The Joy Sports Link is here on Joy 99.7 FM, Saturdays after the midday news. It's your reference point for the sporting issues and personalities involved. The Joy Sports Link is produced by Joy Sports, the thrill of the game. And I'm your host. My name is Nathaniel Atta, and I have love for sport. This and every Sunday. And still undefeated, Floyd champions have broken three more records for a 38 match top flight season 105 goals 31 wins and 97 points are all new records the joy sports team brings you the best post event show the joy sports arena all the results and reactions of the major disciplines put together the joy sports arena is also live on love 99.5 fm in kumasi this and every sunday from 4 to 6 p.m Herrera hit by Hammers. oh what a goal one of the greats
is the open house party. It's 1 p.m. time for the Joy Business Report. Coming up in this edition, fit forwarders at Tema Port express frustration over slow clearance process as they highlight how the development is affecting their business. With details on this, also government assures of clearing more than $200 million old Ghana gas and other players in the sector. And micro small businesses tasked to formalize the operations to remain relevant in the economy. With more on this, especially when we mark World SME Day. Do stay for details. Hello once again, I'm Charles Aito with the details. Some freight forwarders have expressed serious concern over the slow pace of clearing goods at Tema. The challenge follows the chance of managing the change of managing trade facilitation at the port, which has left various freight forwarders express frustration. We shall be getting on phone line shortly to get in touch with Adum FM's Bella Ave, who has been monitoring development since morning. We're trying to get here. When we get here, we're going to get into details on this development story, but I from that government has given the assurance of soon clearing all debt old Ghana Gas Company and other players in the sector. The Ghana Gas Company is said to be owed an estimate of $230 million by other power producers that should be settled by the Finance Ministry. Answering questions at Parliament's Finance Committee, Deputy Finance Minister Adua Adua Osei says bonds are being issued to clear the debt as well as other measures. The 230 is part of the total 720 million US dollars um, indebtedness, and that um, we are using the energy sector legacy debt, the SLA bonds, to um, settle uh, this amount in addition to the others. And again, we also said that moving forward, uh, we implemented the cash waterfall mechanism, which started in April, 
end. This would result in monthly payments to GMPC for the gas commodity. And this should enable GMPC to also make monthly payments um, into the petroleum holding fund. Ajual Seyasara is Deputy Finance Minister. Meanwhile, Chief Executive of the Ghana Gas Company, Dr. Benasante, says delays is really affecting operations. We are okay, but we could be better. Really, is my first response. I think Ghana Gas's operation are twofold. The key for us is to be able to deliver gas to those who generate power so we can all enjoy uninterruptible power as we've seen over the years. But we also do expansion and occasionally maintenance of our infrastructure. And um, when you don't have the resources or liquidity to actually do those, um, we sometimes resort to borrowing money from the open market to help us in those. So we're able to do things like pay, payroll, and meet some of the routine maintenance and operation protocols. But the significant issues of expansion of our infrastructure such, um, are things that we wish we could do and with help that could come from the bond or as will be the case going forward um, with a cash waterfall mechanism. Dr. Benasante, Chief Executive of Ghana Gas Company. On to our top story. Some freight forwarders have expressed serious concern over the slow pace of clearing goods at the ports. My colleague, uh, Bella Avle of Aduma Firm, currently joins us live. If, if you could hear me, Bella, how slow is the process that has left most of these importers frustrated? Well, the agents and freight forwarders explained the system is so slow that transactions would have to take days and sometimes weeks before it's cleared. As, well, so earlier on, we heard that there are some disturbances at the ports after some NDC executives engaged in porters there. What's the situation now? The place is calm now, just that some agents are standing in groups discussing the way forward. Interesting. Now, uh, just before I let you go, do you know... And do you have any indication when the situation is going to normalize? We do know some talks are ongoing, but do you have any indication when these things could end? Sincerely not, but uh, hoping authorities are taking note of the situations on the ground for appropriate measures. Many thanks, Bella Avether. She is with our sister station at Dumafem, monitoring developments at the port. To other stories now, Finance Minister Keno Foriata is optimistic of improved revenue from petroleum products in the coming months. This follows the commissioning of a digital downstream petroleum products measurement project in Tema. It is coming at a time when Ghana is losing around 3 billion cities each year due to limited measuring equipment. Speaking to Joy Business after the commissioning of the system, Finance Minister Keno Foriata noted that with this new equipment, the challenge should be a thing of the past. So with this, all the pipes entering every depot are tagged. So you know exactly what is coming in. And all the pipes going out are also tagged. So you know exactly what the quantities are in. That then enables you to numbers that are reconcilable that everybody will accept. Uh, and you, in my speech, I did mention the differences of numbers that you are seeing between the MPA, GRA, and then companies themselves. Uh, so we eliminate that and I think it was about 2 to um, 3 billion CDs of losses. So we are really excited about this this change. Well, and that's Ken Oferiata, Finance Minister there. Meanwhile, General Manager of Strategic Mobilization Ghana, Christian Tetesotti, stated that the partnership will bring and, of course, help improve collections from the sector. There's always this confusion of which is the actual figure, and it brings that kind of suspicion and so on. So this project was conceived to have 
an electronic and IT solution to that problem, whereby there will be no human intervention and the system will record what takes place in real time so that products coming in are recorded and products going out are recorded. And because it's electronic and it's in real time, at the end of the period, the report that comes out, everybody can see it and confirm. Christian Tetes Soti is General Manager of Strategic Mobilization Ghana. Away from that, Director of Entrepreneurship Development at the National Board for Small-Scale Industries, Habiba Sumani, is calling on micro-small businesses to take necessary steps in formalizing the operations. According to her, this will make such businesses remain relevant and open up for any government opportunity. She was speaking at an event to mark International MSME Day under the theme COVID-19, the Great Lockdown and its impact on small businesses. Business formalization now more than ever is very important for micro, small and medium enterprises and generally for any business. Formalization opens doors to various things. In terms of access to market, being a formal business would enable you to get access to formal markets. It will help you to get access to even um, opportunities within the government and other organized institutional setup in terms of their, them procuring your goods and your services. And here we do encourage micro, small and medium enterprises especially to to get to begin the steps of formalizing. First of all, if you are a sole proprietor or you are a one-man business solely doing your own um, operations or providing services, we encourage you to go to the Registrar General and register your business as a sole proprietor. Habiba Sumani is Director of Entrepreneurship Development at the National Board for Small-Scale Industries. Well, news just coming in. First National Bank, Ghana, has announced the appointment of Dominic Edu as its first Ghanaian Chief Executive, effective Wednesday, July 1st. Dominic takes over from Richard Hudson, who has served in this position since the inception of the bank five years ago. We have details on this subsequently. Do stay for that. But you're still listening to the Joy Business Report. Now, the tourism and, you know... Uh, I should rather say the travel and tour sector is one of the areas that has been badly affected by the coronavirus. The situation has even been compounded by the unwillingness of persons to travel as the pandemic shows no sign of ending. But what are some of the strategies being adapted to stay in business by these operators? I earlier on put together this report for our business journal. Until a cure is found, the novel coronavirus is here to stay. And already, the world economy is living up to the challenge of surviving the impact of the pandemic. Here in Ghana, restrictions on movement have eased and businesses are opening their doors for transactions under strict safety measures. We have explored how prepared Ghana's hospitality sector is as we had access to some major hotels in the capital of Accra. This week, we turn our attention to the travel and tour sector. If you've ever embarked on a business trip abroad or even gone on a leisure trip, one agency interfacing with airlines and tourist sites are the travel and tour businesses. Times have been hard for this sector. With airlines closed and hotels shut, the travel and tour sector has had revenue margins plummet. We are the number one who has been hit by this COVID, this, this pandemic. Damenda Kuma is the country director of Satguru Travels. Innovation, getting ahead of competition to fish out the demand for the future of travel, is his priority at the moment. We know the way we are doing the business, it will not be the same. It will take a little time to come to us on, on the same position we were, we were holding before. We, we, are focused, we are going to focus in, in some, some 
uh, areas like medical tourism and uh, some other business opportunity in terms of corporate, we, we are going to look an, into mm. it. With empty offices being the new normal, managers like Kuma are taking everything online. We are in some online training uh, for our staff. Okay. When it comes to tourism, we, do, we arrange some destination trips, uh, tours, like for uh, Dubai, Canada, UNA, U, U, uh, America, UAE, UAE yeah. and there's so many different different countries for our tourism staff, we, we are going to look at. Adansi Travels is one of the popular travel agencies in Ghana. With hundreds of trips organized for revelers, this year is in no doubt a challenging one. I think it's more going to be technology-driven and because you want to reduce contacts with potential clients, you want mm. to reduce um, contacts with your staff, between your staff and somebody who wants to do business with you. So as, as a tra- um, travel and tour agency, this is the time to plan and and try to implement certain technologies like online booking, online payment system, and so that you'll be able to reach um, more people. Gideon Asari, Managing Director for Adanza Travel, says his outfit got things Well, that's what all time could allow us on the Joy Business Report uh, with me, Charles IIT. Up next is the locker room this day. As we continue to fight COVID-19 together, EcoBank offers you several ways to stay home, stay safe, and take control of your finances. Use EcoBank Mobile whenever, wherever, with or without an EcoBank account to send money through SMS and email. Also buy airtime, pay bills, and much more from the comfort of your home. For high-value transactions, use our internet banking services. EcoBank QR code enables you to make cashless digital payments when paying for goods and services. Download the EcoBank Mobile today from the Google Play Store, App Store, or from our Facebook page. Additionally, dial the short code star 770 hash from any phone and start transacting. EcoBank cares. Remember to observe social distancing, wash your hands frequently, and don't touch your face. For further assistance, can we call EcoBank Contact Center on 3225 anytime, any day. Toll free. Stay home, stay safe. EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank. Hello, I'm Sarah Mulkerns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Adu Jr. Excitement fills the air ahead of another sporting weekend with so much sport to look forward to. In Spain, the blow for blow title race between Barcelona and Real Madrid continues unabated. Ramos is a collision off the ball. Play continues. Ramos is cross. Free header. No mistake from the Uruguayan. Seven goals in the Clásico now for Luis Suarez. Towards his goals. Much better from Real Madrid. Marcelo scores for the third successive game. The Brazilian. Oh, it must be. It is. 
Barcelona travel to Celta Vigo. Real Madrid face Espanyol. And we have a preview of all games and continue to surf the Italian Serie A. With an interesting title race fast developing between Holders Juventus and Lazio Inter Milan. We have taps on all key games to come. In England, after 30 years without the Premier League trophy, the wait is over for the live bed. It's unbelievable. It was um, it was really tense. The 95 or 100 minutes of the City game, you can imagine. I didn't want to be involved really, but obviously when you watch it and you are involved, and then you you hope and then the big chances as Chelsea had, uh, um, penalty situation, all that stuff. So it was quite intense. But it is an incredible achievement of my of my players. But we'll talk about how resilient the team has been all season and fill you in with important English Premier League news laced with. Potential transfer hot sports. But it's the FA Cup quarterfinal taking center stage and we preview all the pairings. Also coming up. There's a big hold on the Leipzig defense and Lewandowski doesn't miss from there. What a start for Bayern. Bayern have to be content with one point. Bayern with the lead inside three minutes. Coutinho takes the high road. His first goal in the Bundesliga. It's a goal to rock the Bundesliga. And the second one wasn't bad either. Gnabry scoring the second for Bayern. And a sword penalty. And a sword. Oh, kept out by Neuer brilliantly. Yes, the Bavarians have wrapped an eighth successive Bundesliga title with two games to spare. But the race for the UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League qualification, as well as battle to avoid relegation are all going down to the final day of the 2019-2020 campaign. We have a special preview of games to come on the final day. If you'd like to send us a message on the show, we'd love to read them via social media accounts on WhatsApp, 0244-340-437, on Facebook, joy slash 99.7, or tweet at us at joysportsgh. We'll be in the U.S. to talk about the concentration ahead of the Grand Slam expected to take place in New York in August and find out how Africa is hoping to restart football. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sport. Hello from me, George Ado Jr. and welcome. Football is back with a bang. Your superstation, Joy 99.7 FM. In partnership with DSTV and Go TV, are banging hard to bring you the very best of La Liga Live Radio Commentary. Yes, La Liga Live Radio Commentary. From the 9th of June until Spain's Elite Division culminates. Llorente, shoots again, it scores again. Stay glued and not miss a moment as Lionel Messi leads Barcelona's charge for the title. As Sergio Ramos keeps all Madrid's heads focused and battle ready. And how Thomas Partey's Atletico wrestles the likes of Sevilla and Real Sociedad for Champions League places. 
Choice Boss Super Commentary Team led by George Adder Jr. and Gary Alsmith will take you there with passionate game description with massive interactivity. The coverage of La Liga on Joy FM is powered by Joy Sports in partnership with DSTV and Go TV. DSTV, feel every moment. Go TV, live it, love it. Let's go. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. So this is the sound of Preview Friday. Thank you very much for staying with us and welcome. My name is George Addo Jr. Then let's start on the continent because the Confederation of African Football, CAF, has made public a 27-page document titled CAF Guidelines to Resume Football in Africa ahead of plans to relaunch football activities on the continent in September 2020. Now, the document zooms on the health of major stakeholders, i.e. players, officials, fans, partners, as the essential element, which should constitute the basis of all decisions regarding the reintroduction of football in Africa amid the coronavirus. Now, the guide is a fallout of series of working meetings following the spread and control of COVID-19 across the continent and the rest of the world. So the document highlights effective and continuous medical assessments, I mean, resting of players and officials, guidelines for training sessions, disinfection of sporting facilities, strict adherence to the global preventive protocols, amongst others. So... Are we getting closer to seeing a ball being kicked again on the continent? Let's bring in our African football expert, Nuhu Adams, who has a bit of perspective on this. And thank you very much, Nuhu Adams, for your time. It's been a while on the show, but it's all great to have you. Does this document make you feel a lot confident that at least Africa is finally making some progress after all? Well, George, um, I think um, the CAF guidelines are actually giving us hope that the year. Well, no, we'll see how this pans out, but how difficult has it been for Africa in trying to find a way back? Because despite recording lower debts relative to Europe, they have started and are playing. Yeah, very true that um, the coronavirus affected um, Europe more than um, it affected Africa. And now we've seen Europe coming back to relations in Africa have done so well. Most of them have been able to provide financial assistance to the to the to the clubs and then the the, the players. So I think they've, they've done well on that part. Um, on the resumption of football, I think the federations are still waiting on calf decisions before they they, they will know how far um, they, they, they they are going to be able to. Last time was a long time ago. Chance for the number ten, Philip Kostic and Bayern. One goal down. More shots going the other way. This is Lewandowski. Oh, 10 in 10. So let's talk German football now because Bayern Munich may have wrapped up an eight successive Bundesliga title with two games to spare. But the race for the UEFA Champions League, look, the UEFA Europa League qualification, as well as the battle to avoid relegation are all... Uh, so thanks, Squares, for your time and obviously the final time we're talking at least for the 2019-2020 season. And we know the season culminates uh, at the weekend, but Bayern already wrapped the title. Would you say they wrestled it away or Borussia Dortmund once again made it too easy? Hey, what's up, brother? You know, it's always a pleasure 
to share the airwaves with you. You know, yeah, the Bundesliga's come to a close, man. Uh, speaking of Dortmund, you know, they uh, they wrestled it away from Dortmund. When you look at Dortmund's performance in the second half of the season, they were remarkable. You know, they only had uh, two defeats leading up until Bayern secured their uh, eighth straight title. Yeah, I think what really hurt Dortmund is their uh, rocky start, man. I mean, you're talking about being defeated by Fortuna Dusseldorf, you know, uh, and, and then after that, you know, they a short period of time, they had these little stretch with three draws, you know, uh, missing a, a major piece up front to just seal the deal because uh, Paco Alcázar, he, he was great, but then, I don't know, like, it just, he just stopped gelling, you know, with the offense. I think that hurt uh, Dortmund's chances, but they they turned it on, but uh, there's an old expression, it was too late to motivate you know, at that point. And then you can't discount the other teams at the top You know that had a share at that uh, number one real estate as well during the whole season. You have to look at Gladbach. Gladbach spent weeks at the top. You know, even uh, RB Leipzig got a taste, you know, at the top as well. So, you know, what made this season uh, really remarkable, you know, in my opinion, is that you had a lot of horses competing. A lot, you know, at one point uh, of the season. And then, you know, things happened. It was disrupted all over the world, of course, you know, due to the corona uh, virus, you know. But I, I think uh, competitive-wise, uh, the Bundesliga was exciting. You know, it was uh, really exciting. And I think, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't really uh, blame Dortmund, you know, for uh, clearing the path for Bayern. You know, you have to give credit to Gladbach. Uh, and RB Leipzig as well. Well, I'm sure that's been the story and most journalists and most football pandits have been trying to wrap their heads around how Bayern Munich continues to bully everybody, you know, in the Bundesliga. But how would you sum up Leipzig's challenge this year? At the point, they looked like they wanted to win. They really looked pretty good to go all the way. Then they lost team. RB Leipzig, you know, um, they had some rough patches when it mattered the most. Early in the season, you know, they went, you know, uh, four matches without a win. You know, they lost to Schalke, all right? Schalke's a side that should not have been able to defeat, although, you know, it did happen. You know, and then from that point on, you know, they failed to pick up steam and pick their momentum back up. I think they just suffered from getting off track and taking, a, a you know, taking too much time to get back on track. You can't, you have to look at how tight the table was all season, right? It, there are a few points separating the top four side, you know? And I think that um, when teams tend to get comfortable, Right, because the time they did spend at the number one spot, then Frankfurt beat them. You know, then they had two draws, and then they, you know, they Bayern w w w uh, was a draw, and Gladbach was a draw. Right, these were very important fixtures, and it was good that they left the pitch, you know, with the point for both sides. You know, but then you know, later later down uh, in, in the season, three draws in a row. You know, th that's the point. If you're at second place and you're only picking up one point out of a possible, you know, three points out of a possible nine points. That suggests you're not thirsty enough for the title, in my opinion. You know, uh, and, and, and then, you know, I mean, they just drew with Fortuna Dusseldorf. Later in the season, talking about running out of steam, man. Their last two draws, Paderborn, Fortuna Dusseldorf. And here's the kicker. Leipzig had the lead in both of those matches, and they didn't protect it. That's ridiculous. That's an indictment. Um, I think it was a matter of them running out of steam. And so, Chris, let's talk about the Champions League places. Bayern, Munich, Dortmund, Leipzig have a short passage. However, there is a slight chance for Bayern Leverkusen to topple Borussia Mönchengladbach. How do you see the final day going? Yeah, this is a hot topic right now. Who will get that Champions League seat? 
You know, um, when you look at the matchups, you know, for one, I think Leverkusen has a tougher task playing Mainz right now. Mainz is on fire. And that could be problematic for Leverkusen. You know, Gladbach, Hanta, you know, uh, I mean, that can go either way. But no matter how it goes, Gladbach is in the driver's seat, right? Gladbach has a two-point cushion over Leverkusen. And then when you just consider, you know, where the Champions League seat is, we're talking about fourth place right now, right? That's been Gladbach territory all season long. Gladbach has been in that, that seat, uh, that seat or above all season long with the exception of like I think like match day five or six Leverkusen on the other hand has been a team that's been fighting trying to get to that spot right Leverkusen hasn't had you know hasn't you know been in that spot Leverkusen's been up and down hovering around Europa League here and there blah 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 and then you know recently they're trying to get into that spot right they're trying to get into that spot um and they were just defeated by uh, Hanta, you know, for that matter. You know, so it really depends on 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 how Pita Bosch's offense clicks, you know. Uh, they either fire or they fire blank, but they're always firing, right? Uh, it's important, you know, uh, to get into that spot, you know, especially when you have talent that wants that exposure, that, that litmus test to compete against the other, you know, great teams scattered across Europe. Obviously you want to compete in the in the uh, Champions League. You know, I think Gladbach really want to make up what they missed out on last year. Well, Chris, we know that the Europa League places as well look set with Faith and Sit going into the group stage, seventh of course, into the second qualifying round, but we know the 16th place provides a potential safety net for the home and away playoff with a team that comes third in Bundesliga 2. 17th place means automatic relegation. Let's talk about the relegation because we know Paderborn are already relegated. So, what are the permutations going into the final day? In terms of the playoff relegation spot, I mean, you're talking about a, a side that has to do something. You know, the, the, the one thing that has to happen is Bremen needs to win and Fortuna needs to lose. And, 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 and that always sucks. You know, when you're in a scenario that it has to do with an outcome you can't control or influence, you know? Uh, and, and that's going to be tricky. You know, that's going to be tricky. And then, in, in all honesty, does it really matter? Another question is, does it make a difference on who is in that play, playoff relegation spot? It didn't make a difference last season. So even, even in getting in that spot, it doesn't necessarily mean success uh, and, and, and a continual uh, uh, performance in the top flight, a continual uh, uh, development in whatever your team can do and how to rebound. Either way, you know, when you look at the defense, the defense has been atrocious. You know, Vander Bremen conceded nearly 70 goals, all right? I mean, that's that's ridiculous, you know, okay? So uh, both teams have horrible uh, defenses. And, and, you know, I think the more exciting match will be the play playoff relegation spot, you know? Um and Vanna Bremen, obviously, they're going to have to win. And I think they, they have potential to do so. They definitely have potential to do so. You know, but then, it, you know, but then it comes down to um, what Union Berlin bring to the table when they host Fortuna Dusseldorf. You know, I, that's a tough one. Maybe they, they support Fortuna Dusseldorf more because they're more of a minnow than Vanna Bremen. You know, it'll be an interesting match to watch play out. Um, you know, so nonetheless, you know, I'll be focused full... Uh, on it uh, fully. Chris, right, let's end with your top three stars for the season and your three young or budding talents unleashed in the 2019-2020 season. 
Yeah, all right, man. Sounds good. Uh, my three top stars, it starts with Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, man, come on, man. Robert Lewandowski, without uh, question, he's having a career year, you know, with gold production, and he has definitely has uh, more productive years left in him. Uh, Thomas Müller as well. Uh, you know, it's always Bayern, you know, <laughs> as they say. Thomas Müller's assist numbers, man, he was uh, Dan the Water under Nico Kovac. Somehow Hansi Flick pumped life back into his career, and I'm sure he might get a, uh, get a recall to the German national team. I mean, he should be considered, you know, putting up 20 assists is definitely worth the mention. And then uh, Timo Vanna. I'm putting Timo Vanna in there because a young star, he's not that young. You know, in terms, you know, of age and so on. You know, he's been with Leipzig for a few seasons now, and uh, he had a breakout year. He had a breakout year, and he's uh, signed with Chelsea, and he deserves a new challenge. Now, uh, I was debating whether or not to put Jaden Sancho, which section to put him in, you know, but uh, 17 goals, you know, uh, 16 goals, 17 goals, 16 assists, a double-double nonetheless. I mean, Jaden Sancho's production... You know, he's he's earned having the highest price tag in the Bundesliga. I'm a remarkable player, you know, um, wants to be great. And it was a lot of he's a lot of fun to watch, you know, and he makes his teammates better. You know, that's what his assist numbers tell you. All right. And then another Dortmund player, uh, Alan Holland. Alan Holland was like, you know, a lightning bolt when he joined Dortmund. You know, man, scoring in every debut. You know, I think uh, he has a bright future. It's going to be interesting to see how what he develops into. You know, because we've seen this before. We've seen players, you know, seem, you know, like they're going to be out of this world only to turn into a next-door neighbor. You know what I mean? <laughs> and not be so uh, great in the long run. You know, but I, I wish him well because he definitely uh, played a huge role in Dortmund's uh, run, you know, following the second half of the season. You know, and uh, the last person... You know, I'm going to mention is uh, Alfonso Davis. You know, Alfonso Davis, you know, just showing his football aptitude, being able to change positions with a, a, a top a world uh, class club like Bayern Munich playing left back and then becoming, you know, instrumental, you know, in that team competing in Europe, you know, stopping their closest competitors in the Bundesliga. I mean, this kid's special, you know, Bayern. Uh, in their scouting were very wise to sign him because he was a kind of an unknown guy but now you know the world definitely knows who he is and, and then there's so many players you know I want to talk about Christopher Unkuku also you know kind of getting a second lease on life coming from PSG to Leipzig he led the team in assists you know I, there are a lot of teams Marcus Taram a youngster you know you know uh, with Gladbach a lot of players Upa Makano had a great year the list goes on and on. I mean, when you say top three, you know, it makes the competition quite stiff, and those are the names I chose, man. Chris Harrington works with DW Television, great German football expert, joined us on the show from Berlin. We wish you the very best and hope you enjoy uh, a rather riveting final day in the German Bundesliga. The German Bundesliga, after setting the pace for the rest of the major leagues in Europe, will culminate the 2019-20 season this weekend. Bayern Munich champions for an incredible eighth successive season. Second spot secured by Borussia Dortmund, who won 69 points. RB Leipzig with 63 points look very highly likely to qualify for European football next season. 
due to their superior goal difference. Thus, the final spot is up for grabs and Munchengladbach are eager to snatch it on the final day. But Bayer Leverkusen, who are high on their heels, also fancy their chances. Munchengladbach fourth with 62 points, will take on Hertha Berlin at home and Bayer Leverkusen fifth with 60 points, are also at home to Mainz. Munchengladbach only need a draw on Saturday to complete the top four unless Leverkusen can score 10 unanswered goals against their opponent and Munchengladbach fail to register a goal or lose their game and hope Leipzig win against Augsburg. But having said that, Munchengladbach fans may not go into the final games of the season in panic mode because a win on Saturday could even hoist them to third position if Leipzig with 63 points fail to win or draw. The battle for survival will also go down to the wire. And with Paderborn already relegated, Werder Bremen and Fortuna Dusseldorf will be fighting to avoid the drop. Werder second from bottom on 28-point host Cologne and Dusseldorf just above Bremen with 30-point travel to Union Berlin. In the Bundesliga, the bottom two finishers are automatically relegated while the third from bottom club will play a two-legged tie with the third-place team from the Bundesliga 2. Our Bundesliga games on Saturday will kick off simultaneously at 1.30pm. So from Germany to England, it's now time to talk about the amazing title race that seems over. Time to talk about a few moves. One or two players did sign contracts uh, during the week. An interesting one, especially with David Luiz of Arsenal. It's now time to go for the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. I had a great chat with the BBC's John Bennett. Let's enjoy this. There's definitely more on the show. John for your time this weekend and no better place to start than on Messi's side. Liverpool's 30-year wait for a top-flight title is over after Manchester City lost 2-1 to Chelsea to confirm the Reds as Premier League champions. Well, Liverpool's 19th top-flight title and their first since the 1989-1990 season. Can you describe the scenes last night? Hi George, nice to speak to you again. Well, I'm sure you've seen the pictures. Thousands of fans gathering outside Anfield to celebrate and of course it will cause some debate because they were urged to stay home by the city's metro mayor because of the coronavirus pandemic so some saying it shouldn't have happened but even if you say that you can understand the explosion of emotion because it's a 30-year wait for the for the top flight title uh, the club's fans have had successes during that 30 years the two champions league titles for example but they've had to put up with a lot of um, stick, haven't they, from their rivals, the likes of Manchester United, uh, the likes of Manchester City, Chelsea as well, Arsenal, all winning the Premier League in that time, Leicester City as well. So this is a massive weight off the shoulders of the fans, weight off the shoulders of the players. What I really liked about the celebrations on Thursday night was that the players gathered. It's, it's different for them because they're being tested twice a week. So they know 
that they don't have uh, the coronavirus. And so they were able, after their game against Crystal Palace, to go into a hotel and almost live in a kind of bubble. And just in case, I think they got the result they wanted in that match at Stamford Bridge. Jurgen Klopp wanted the players to be together to celebrate. And I really like that, George, because, of course, the, the players are going to miss out on celebrating with the fans. And it was a bit strange to win the title without actually playing as well. That result from, from Chelsea, that win for Chelsea, giving them the title with, with seven matches to play. So I'm really happy that the players were together to celebrate. And there were some brilliant little videos of, of the likes of Virgil van Dijk and um, Andrew Robertson and Jordan Henderson all celebrating together. And on UK television last night, I'm not sure if you've seen this, Jurgen Klopp was in tears as well. The emotion really got to him. And that shows how special this achievement is, even for a manager like him who's achieved so much in the game already. So, John, Liverpool spent £1.47 billion on 239 players and employed nine permanent managers to end a dramatic drought. How good were they in the defining season? What more can you say about Liverpool? Strangely, I don't think they were actually as entertaining, relatively speaking, as last season when they were just picked to the post by Manchester City in the title race. But I think to that flair, they added some real efficiency this season. They got the job done and they were a machine in picking up results. And I'm not saying they weren't great to watch, by the way. They, they are brilliant to watch. Sadio Mane, for me, is the player of the year. In full flight, he is incredible. I think there's an amazing spine to the team with Alisson, with Virgil van Dijk, with Jordan Henderson, who I think is now a world-class midfielder, with that amazing front three. The thing that stands out, though, for me in the team, and it's a real aspect of the modern game, the two full-backs, if you can keep them, call them full-backs, they're, they're like wing-backs, wingers. Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold, they start the attacks for Liverpool. They are incredible going forward, as well as defensively. So what more can you say? To wrap it up with seven games left, and to do it also after this long break for the coronavirus pandemic, the world football was suspended, I think that actually will add to the, the joy because it was almost taken away from them when they saw that the French League was cancelled, when they saw that the Dutch League was cancelled, the Belgian League, the Scottish League. There was a fear that the English Premier League season would be cancelled. Even some talk that it would be null and void at one stage. So to now have the, the trophy, to now be able to celebrate is uh, an amazing moment for, for the Liverpool fans and I'd like to congratulate all, all your listeners who are Liverpool fans because I'm you know you're a big Chelsea fan but I'm sure many of your listeners are Liverpool fans so wherever you're celebrating in Ghana Ghana today uh, congratulations to you so John Manchester United extended the contract of Scott McTominay this week how is a young chap coming along at United and does this give a hint about what kind of team Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is trying to build yeah, there's many reasons to be optimistic suddenly if you're a Manchester United fan. Scott McTominay is turning into a really good midfielder. Um, very, very composed on the ball. I, I really like uh, the way he keeps things ticking over in midfield. And the midfield is looking very strong all of a sudden. You've got Paul Pogba, Bruno Fernandes, who played together in that big win over Sheffield United. Um, and you've got Fred, who's in good form. Nemanja Matic was really good as well in midweek. Don't forget him. So suddenly, things are looking really good for Manchester United. Obviously, they need to build. I have a few concerns still about the defensive area. I still think they could find a better left-back than Luke Shaw. Maybe they could bring in another striker into the building, although Odion Agarlo has been a brilliant reserve, hasn't he, uh, so far. Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford looking very strong. But there is hope for the future for, for Manchester United. I do feel 
uh, that they have the ability to get into the Champions League next season. Well, John, how serious should Manchester United fans take rumours that their club is closing in on Borussia Dortmund's Jadon Sancho at the moment? I would sound a note of caution about that. I was in Dortmund just before the lockdown in uh, late February and I spoke to the chief executive of Borussia Dortmund, Hans-Joachim Batska, and he was saying, you know, we want to keep him. Um, there's, you know, we, we have no... This was before the pandemic, so obviously financial financial um, issues have changed, but he was saying we don't need the money. It would take a massive bid for, to come in for for him to be taken off our hands. I think the ball is in Jadon Sancho's court. If he goes to Hans-Joachim Watzke and Michael Zork, the sporting director, and says, I want to leave, then I think that that um, Borussia Dortmund will probably have no other option but to let him leave, and then they want a massive bid. You're talking over 100 million to, to get him away from the club because he is young, he has got the potential to be top, top level, and I'm talking top five in the world bracket. So it would be an amazing signing for Manchester United. At the moment, I have my doubts as to whether they could pull it off. I think he might stay one more year at Borussia Dortmund, but I could be proved wrong. Staying with contracts and extensions, David Luiz is expected to stay with Arsenal at least for another year. Following his poor performance against Manchester City, the news was met with some negative responses from Arsenal fans, as you would understand. What's the thinking here, John? Lack of replacement or respect for the football left in David Luiz? Well, I think there are deep problems at Arsenal on the pitch and off the pitch. Financially, a lot of clubs are feeling the pinch due to the coronavirus pandemic, due to the suspension of football, due to the fact that we don't know when fans will be allowed back into the stadiums, due to the fact that they're going to have to pay back some TV money. So there are going to be difficult decisions to make. And I think Arsenal fans may have to get used to the fact that they won't make any big signings this summer. I can't see them splashing the cash. I think you can see that they need players, and that's why they've kept David Luiz. What I would say about David Luiz is that he's a very good influence in the dressing room. He is amazing for team spirit. He's a very positive person. He doesn't shirk as well. I wouldn't say he's a leader, but he doesn't back down from his responsibilities. So I think, you know, yes, he'll have one in every five games. He'll have an absolutely rotten game, but he is capable of some really good performances. And I wouldn't write him off just yet in an Arsenal shirt. I know it was an awful performance um, last week, but still, I wouldn't write him off just yet. I think he is a, a decent influence off the pitch there at Arsenal. And they don't have too many leaders in that group. I think there are a few problems in that group. We've seen it with Mesut Ozil. Matteo Guendouzi was dropped, wasn't he, after that altercation he had with Neil Mope. There's a lot for Mikel Arteta to sort out at that club. Well, John, how impressed have you been with the professionalism being executed by Pep Guardiola and his men? Tied to race, surely over, but still ready to put in a fight, no matter how intense, for any possible point. I wouldn't expect anything less from Manchester City, and they've still got plenty to play for. They need to stay sharp for the Champions League in August. That is going to be a massive focus for them, because, of course, they are staring down the barrel at the moment of a European ban. They may... They, they may have a European ban uh, coming up because, of course, at the moment, they have a two-year ban from Europe. They've taken it to the Court of Arbitration for sport. And that could be a, a big issue for them. If they're not in Europe for the next two years, that will make the pressure to win the Champions League this season absolutely intense. So they need to keep things ticking over. 
until they get to that Champions League in August, despite the fact that they can't win the title. And even in the game against Chelsea, we saw some flashes of brilliance from Manchester City. So, again, I wouldn't write them off going into the Champions League. Now, John, with the top two spots virtually assured, attention turns to the race for the final two Champions League places for next season. How have results been for the teams vying to get into the top four? Yeah, I'm slightly worried, George, about my Leicester City side, I have to admit. <laughs> uh, we haven't started well in this restart with two draws. We were quite lucky not to lose against Brighton as well. Neil Mopai uh, having that penalty saved. So I'm slightly worried because your Chelsea team is, has really caught us up now. And if you look at the UK bookmakers, they are saying that um, Chelsea are more favourites to finish in the top four than Leicester now. So that's slightly worrying me. You've got Manchester United chasing. You've got Wolves chasing as well. So I think that could really go down to the wire if Leicester City don't start picking up some points. But I've mentioned it before. This European ban for Manchester City is... That, that throws the cat amongst the pigeons because fifth place could get you into the Champions League next season. So a lot will depend on what the Court of Arbitration for Sport rules as to whether Manchester City are banned for, for the next two seasons in Europe. And John, we know that the FA Cup quarter-final fixtures dominates this weekend in England. The likes of Chelsea, Manchester United, Leicester are all looking uh, to find a way through the semi-finals. Now, can we talk about the quarter-final fixtures and uh, which pairings are you especially looking out for? Yeah, some really good matches, actually. It's an all-Premier League lineup. Manchester United full of confidence going into their tie against struggling Norwich after that win against Sheffield United on Wednesday, that Anthony Martial hat-trick. Things couldn't be more different for Norwich. They suffered their 20th defeat of the Premier League season earlier this week. Arsenal on Sunday will be hoping the FA Cup can salvage their disappointing season when they take on Sheffield United in their quarter-final. Third against fourth when Leicester City hosts Chelsea. I'm calling that the John bennett George Addo derby. Uh, I might not be speaking to you next week if your Chelsea beats my Leicester City. We, we shall see. And then last but not least... Manchester City travel to Newcastle City need to pick themselves up after that defeat to Chelsea but in all seriousness George I wish you all the best for that FA Cup quarter-final tie against my Leicester City team just go easy on us we've never won the FA Cup we've been to four finals and we lost them all so please give us a chance to get back to the final and maybe lift the trophy for the first time in our history you've had plenty of FA Cups in your time you're fine just let us have a bit of glory <laughs> Thank you very much, John Bennett. That was the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. And we came down with a lot in terms of analysis. So now let's talk about the games to come this weekend. They are buzzing games. They are great games to look forward to. In the Spanish Liga, Italian Serie A, German Bundesliga that's wrapping up. And of course, the English FA Cup. Here's Joy Sports Moses Yabuah with a wrap.
Real Madrid and Barcelona are neck and neck in the race for the Spanish La Liga title. Madrid are top of the table due to La Liga's head-to-head rule, despite level on points with Barcelona. The fight continues this weekend with Barca playing away to Celta Vigo on Saturday. Then on Sunday, Real Madrid will travel to Espanyol. Elsewhere, Thomas Partey's Atletico Madrid and Sevilla at each other's throat in the fight for top four finish, with Hetafe lurking behind. Third place Atleti on 55 points will host Alaves on Saturday. Thus, fourth place Sevilla with two points behind could leapfrog Diego Simeone's side later on Friday when they host Valladolid. In Italy, Juventus, who are chasing their 36th and 9th in a row Serie A title, could stretch the point gap between them and second place Lazio to seven when Maurizio Sarri's side hosts Lecce later today. Lazio, meanwhile, take on Fiorentina on Saturday. Inter Milan on Sunday travel to Parma, while fourth place Atalanta, who are within four points of Inter, play away to Udinese. And in England, bulk of the games this weekend are FA Cup quarter-final clashes. Manchester United will travel to Norwich City on Saturday. And on Sunday, Sheffield United hosts Arsenal. Chelsea take on Leicester City. And Manchester City play away to Newcastle. So with Manchester United not in Premier League action until Tuesday, Wolves could leapfrog the Red Devils to fifth position if they win their league game against Aston Villa on Saturday. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Final, a Grand Slam final. Victory for Sofia Cannon of the United States. Team hits the backhand. Nadal with the forehand into the net. Dominic Team slowly raises his arms to the sky. Team comes out on the winning side. I had really a feeling that I was lucky in the right situation. Uh, Ned Cord was, was really on my side, uh, but it's necessary because he's uh, one of the greatest of all time, biggest legends uh, this sport's ever had, so you need some luck to, to beat him. Backhand Djokovic is deep, and Federer puts the backhand into the net. And I'm sure it's a feeling that never grows old for Djokovic. An eighth Australian Open final, that's a record. And now a 26th Grand Slam final. So let's do tennis next. And world number one, Novak Djokovic, has apologized after becoming the latest tennis player to test positive for COVID-19. Gregor Dimitrov, Borna Konorich, and Viktor Troisky all revealed that they had coronavirus after playing Djokovic's Adria Tour competition. Now, Djokovic played fellow Seb Troisky in the first event in Belgrade. We know the remaining Adria Tour events in Banja Luka and Sarajevo have now been cancelled. But what are the implications for the sport at a time when it was looking to get right back in? I'm being joined now by the BBC's senior tennis commentator and reporter, Russell Fuller. Thanks, Russell, for your time. Uh, this afternoon on The Locker Room, first things first. What has Novak Djokovic been saying? He says that he tested positive for COVID-19 in Belgrade. He had a test along with all members of his support team and his family. His wife, Yelena, has also tested positive. Their children's tests have been returned negative. He says he's not showing any symptoms, but will self-isolate for 14 days and repeat the test in five. And in the rest of the statement, he says, I'm extremely sorry for each individual case of infection. And he added that everything we did in the past month, we did with a pure heart and sincere intentions. He says the intention was to give players in Southeast Europe, established players and -and up-and-coming players, a chance to get some competitive matches under their belt and also to raise money for people in need so he's very apologetic in that statement russell but i wonder if he's feeling a bit red-faced as well 
haven't coming for so much criticism from fellow players? Well, you would certainly think so, and I think he should be, because even though he says they were told by the authorities, firstly in Serbia and then in Croatia, that crowds were allowed... And a- Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.